0: That's a good word right there, Ruth. I wish you said that when I was at home, eh? So look forward to hearing from you. That is very good. That's anointed right there. Very good. Praise God. Well, it's so exciting to be part of Excite, eh? Who would have thought it'd be exciting at Excite? Who would have thought we'd be rejoicing so much in the Lord, eh? God is so good. Hey, you guys look so beautiful out there, eh? So awesome. Mate, so impacting. Those certificates were just amazing, eh? So many people are getting trained up in the ways of God, trusting in Him, getting encouraged. You better believe it. There's a great harvest coming. It's already here. It's not in four months. It's now. We are the revival. Come on. Awesome. Thank you, Father. Father, we just commit your word, the word uh, of God to you this morning. Father, we pray that people would be encouraged to look outside themselves to you. Just give grace upon your word. Father, moved by your spirit, this morning we pray for the glory of your name and your son in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as you know, this is the last of the series, uh, All In. And uh, we've been going for about eight weeks on that theme, All In. And this morning I want to talk about All In Control. You know, we've just had elections last night, and there's so much turmoil around us in this world that we live in, and we wonder who's in control of it all. But I want to tell you, God's got it all in control. It's all in control. And I want to, I want to, I want to share a, a little uh, phrase with you this morning or a sentence with you this morning that you can write down and remember. It'll come up soon, a bit later on on the screen, because we're going to repeat it a few times. But it goes like this, God is in control of the universe. All He asks us to do is control ourselves. Most people try to control the universe and lose control of themselves. I'll say that again, God is in control of the universe. All He asks us to do is control ourselves. Most people try to control the universe. And lose control of yourselves. This is deja vu, isn't it? When we look back to Genesis, in the day that you eat of that tree, you'll be like God. Yeah, and you can control the universe. No. No, no, we need God. Praise God. We're going to read from 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 1 to 7. And we're going to read a story about uh, King Saul. He was the first king in Israel. He was the people's choice. He was head and shoulders above the people. And, uh, but then... He went well for a while, but not very long, and then he went quite bad. And so God got the prophet Samuel to anoint another king, and it was King David. David, the, the young man who killed Goliath, the one who was the youngest, the eighth son of Jesse, the youngest in his household. And after a while, Saul got very jealous with David because he would send him out to battle and he'd keep winning. And then he would actually take the more and more men off him, and even if he went out with a few, he'd keep winning. That's how he started out. Little old David in his sling, no armor, and here's Goliath, 10 foot tall, and he took him out. And all the armor he's looking on, a man of faith, a man of God. So one day, Saul's here going out hunting David. Next thing, he was a blessing to the kingdom, and now he's hunting him. 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 1. Now it happened when Saul returned from following the Philistines that it was told him, saying, Take note. Let's say that together. Take note. Take note. David is in the wilderness of en Gedi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all Israel. He always took lots of people. David had about 600, so he takes 3,000 of the best. You know, he's using his own might here. Chosen men of all Israel and went to seek David and his men <clears throat> on the rocks of the wild goats. Say rocks of the wild goats. Mate, sounds a bit, a bit dangerous there, doesn't it? Verse three, so he came to the sheepfold by the road where there was a cave and Saul went in it to attend to his needs. David and his men were staying in the recesses of the cave. Verse four, then David and uh, David's men said to him, this is the day of which the Lord said to you, behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand that you may do to him as it seems good to you. And David arose, and secretly cut off the corner of Saul's robe. They were basically encouraging him to take him out. They knew David had been anointed to be king, and, uh, but they were saying, Now God's delivered him to your hand, you can just take out the anointed. But no, David knew better than that. But he did, he did go and cut off the corner of his robe, and what happened then? Now it happened afterwards that David's heart troubled him because he had cut Saul's robe. He hadn't even heard him, but he felt convicted. Verse 6, and he said to the men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master, the Lord's anointed. That was pretty cool of David. To stretch out my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So David restrained his servants with these words and did not allow them to rise against Saul. And Saul got up from the cave and went on his way. David could have very easily taken things into his own hands. Saul had thrown a javelin at him twice and missed him. He had dodged it and then taken off. David used to play the harp when, when Saul got down and he, he had fits of anxiety and worry and fear. And David would come in and play the harp to him. When people speak badly of us, how do we behave to them? How do you beha- <coughs> behave to them? Sorry. Too much praising, eh? Never enough. Ah, There we go. Yeah, I want to challenge you this morning. Sometimes we are tempted to take the law into our own hands. We're tempted to respond when really God is in control of the universe. He's in control of everything outside of ourselves. Oh, to be like David, that even when he cut off the corner of Saul's robe, he felt that was the wrong thing to do. He honoured the one who the Lord had anointed. There was going to be a time when David would supersede uh, Saul on the throne, but it wasn't the right time then, and he had to wait for God. So I want you to realize this morning, again, that God is in control of the universe. All He asks us to do is to control ourselves. Most people control, try and control the universe. And lose control of themselves. If you really thought about it, knowing who is in control is most important in our lives. If we think we're in control and we've got to earn the income, and it's good, we do. We partner with God and He's promised to provide for us. But we th- if we think it's all on us and things are going bad in our business or in our workplace, we're going to be anxious. We're going to feel that we're failing. If we think it's all on us to reach out into our community and see people saved, and God is going to use us and is using us already, but if we think it's just about us and all on us, we're going to be anxious and we're going to start striving instead of flowing with God and just realizing God has called us. God is in control. We're submitting daily to Him. We're trusting in Him. His Word dwells in us. We're led of His Spirit. Knowing who is in control of our lives, my brother, my sister, is so important to us this morning. It's not the government. Although God puts them in authority, God overrules, believe it or not. Men think they've got it in their hands, but God supersedes a lot at times. He's over all. We can trust in Him. Nothing takes Him by surprise. It's important that we find the life that God has for us. Don't try and control your own destiny, your own life, but start coming to God. Submit to God. Submit to His Word. Read His Word. Ruth was talking about Counselor, one of the names of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God. He He has divine counsel for us in His Word. Whatever situation we find ourselves in life, He has counsel in His Word for us. I want to ask you this morning, have you lost control of yourself? I guess if you stopped and thought at times, it'd be maybe many times. I know for me, there's been many times that I've lost control. I've I've, I've superseded the, the control of things, whether it's with my children or even in the workplace. When things go wrong in my business and anxiety and worry sets in, sometimes we lose control. But I want to encourage you this morning that God is in control of the universe. All He asks us to do is control ourselves. Most people try to control the universe and lose control of themselves. It's so important that we bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And you know, if you've been in the Lord for a, a good while, you'll realize that even when you do try to control yourself, you'll find that sometimes you still get out of control. Romans chapter 7, verse 17 and verse 20 The things I want to do, I find I don't do, the things I hate doing, I find those things I do. And then he comes further down in about verse 35, he says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me but God has deliverance for you from yourself. I thank God through Jesus Christ my Lord, it says there in Romans seven. So even when you try to control yourself you will sometimes find that you're out of control. But God is in control of the universe, and you're in his universe. And if you submit yourself under the mighty hand of God, he will lift you up. If you lift yourself up and take things into your own hands, well, you're out of control. And that's where Saul found himself. You see, this is a story of two kings. One who represents probably the, the flesh and the man's way and man's way of doing things. And the other, who was a servant of the Most High God, David, he learned out this when he was looking after the sheep and, and, and creating all those psalms on his harp and singing to the Lord, he learned and got to know about his God. He learned to rely on God. When a lion came and a bear came and took a lamb, he risked his own life. That sounds so much like the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That sounds so much like... When the enemy came like a roaring lion, Satan, and he wanted to rob and destroy and kill, that Jesus came and he was the Lamb of God and he laid down his life for us and he rescued us. Praise God. He said, I have power to lay down my life. I have power to take it again. So David got to know his God. David enjoyed supernatural success. Saul couldn't control himself, but here was David. He just enjoyed supernatural success. Saul struggled, um, uh, Saul had great success, don't get me wrong, in the kingdom when he came in. But he struggled with depression, anxiety, fear. When the enemy rose up, he was paralyzed with fear. He lost the internal battle inside of him. That's where you do battle. This is where you want to win the battle, right inside. This is where you want to apply the word of God, not look over the fence at your neighbor and say, hang on, God's word says such and such. What are you doing, bro? You know? <clears throat> this is where, that's why the sword is two edges. One for the enemy, Satan, not for God's people, by the way. One edge for Satan and his, his minions. The other edge is to apply here. Apply the sword, to, uh, to the word to our own hearts. Sword that has two edges. So Saul became driven, broken. He tried to control the external and not himself. So Samuel arrived on the scene, and um, Saul at this stage, this was before this happened, but he arrived on the scene one day, and Saul was listening to the people and disobeying God. He was even offering when he shouldn't have been offering uh, to God, and he should have waited for the priest to do it or for Samuel to come and do the offering. And um, Samuel basically said, "If, if the people control you, then God is not in control. And the kingdom was taken away from Saul, and it was going to be given to David, but there was many years in between. And, and he had to learn patience, and God had to grow David, and he had to learn to walk by faith with God and not take the law into his own hands, and then he was ready for the, uh, uh, leading the people of God, Israel, and becoming king. So David became king through circumstances that were out of his control. See, God was in control. Even with taking out Goliath and even with winning those battles, David knew how to rely on his God. And, and, and David gave full control over to God. I want to encourage you this morning in your life, in your workplace, in your family, in your marriage, to give, at school even, to give full control over to God. Don't look at the uh, waves of uh, turmoil out there and the raging sea that we see all around us. Don't look at that. God wants you to walk on water. He wants you to walk above it all. He wants you to trust in him and believe in him at all times. And he is in control. God, David recognized God is in control of the universe. All he asks us to do is control ourselves. Most people could try to control the universe and lose control of themselves. So when you're down, when you find yourself stressed, I know that probably none of you ever get stressed here. But sometimes I do. But I know you guys are good Bible-believing Christians. You trust in God. But sometimes I get stressed. You know, just yesterday, I received a result for a 12-ton batch of honey. And it was four times over what it should have been. And here's me starting to stress again, starting to get anxious. And then I had to come to the place where I realized God is in control of the universe. You see? And then the anxiety and that goes. You hand it over. The Lord casting all our care upon Him uh, because He cares for you. So, when you get down, ask yourself, What am I trying to control? What have I taken back off God that's causing me anxiety? Why am I annoyed? Why why am I getting annoyed? Why why is there friction in my marriage? Or why, why is it not going well with the kids? Or what is it? What is it? What's happening? I want want to just leave with you three things that are very important. Three things of importance. The first one is quite simple. God was in control of David. Recognize that. I, I just love what he wrote in Psalm 23, the last verse, when he said, Goodness and mercy shall pursue me all the days of my life. Goodness and mercy will hunt me down. I thought, I think we sang a song, something about God's love pursuing me or something this morning and hunting me down, something like that. It made me think of Psalm 23. Goodness and mercy shall pursue me and hunt me down all the days of my life. You know, when God has kids, his children, his whānau, his family, he looks after them. He wants them to be blessed. He is for them. He's for you this morning, my brother and sister. You're his his children. And, and, and it's important to realize God was in control of David, but he's also in control in your life as well. Do you trust him this morning? Are you handing everything over to him? Don't worry about lack of resources. Just realize God is in control. Look to him, not to your own hands. The last 12 months when we went through quite some trials in our business, and we've got a lot of people we're employing, and we, we, we run in quite a large business. I started wiring when things weren't going so well. And then I felt the Lord saying to me, is it your hand that provides for you or is it, or is it me? Am I Jehovah Jireh or are you, to, are you looking to me or are you looking to your own hand? And so it's important for us on a daily basis to realize God is in control of the universe, our universe. See, so even when David cut off the corner of the, of the robe of Saul, his heart convicted him. And then he declared to Saul when he came out of the cave. We never read that, but you can read it at home and read the rest of the story. He declared to Saul that we would never be against him or let Saul's small-mindedness get the better of him. You know, sometimes people's small-mindedness in the world gets the better of us. And we get provoked or something would stir us up. But that's only sometimes. Most of the time, it's our own small-mindedness that gets the best of us. Hey? Praise God. God is in control of the universe. So, number one, God was in control of David. Number two, you are not called to control the universe. That's you being God. That's you trying to take over from God. He's already promised to supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. In fact, Jesus said about seven times in the Gospels, not to worry. Do not worry about what you wear. Don't worry about tomorrow, what you're going to put on. Don't worry, he's saying. He's saying this over and over. Don't worry. Don't worry. You are not God. God is well able to do His own job. If He needs some training, we'll send Him along to Ian and God can train God, but He doesn't need any training. <laughs> I mean, Ian can train God, sorry. Perish the thought. i rebuke that in Jesus' name. God needs no training. Praise God for Ian and Sophia, eh? I just want to celebrate them partway through the message here. Awesome. Great having them among us. Glory to God. So when we worry, we sin. Worry is a manifestation of me trying to control what I'm not supposed to control in my life. That's me, worrying about work, often worrying about things that happen that are out of my control and then starting to freak out about it. Just cast all our care upon the Lord. If I really am honest, and I look back in my life and in my business, there have been so many times that I've been worried, anxious, freaking out about things going wrong we've had everything happen drums of honey fermenting all sorts of stuff hurricanes half pie trying to rip the shit apart yeah, all that sort of thing but if I look back God has led us all our life long right till now and those things that I was very anxious about it seemed to work out so if he's done that for the last 20 or 30 years why am I still worrying now? When am I going to start to trust God? When am I going to start to see that He is in control of the universe? All in control. He is all in control. It's necessary that we do go through trials in life. And that's why Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. He didn't say, take up your preferred dream and follow me. He said, take up your cross. God is in the process of growing us. He allows things to come your way. You might think it's bad. And Joseph, when he was sold into Egypt by his brothers, when they finally came down and got reunited many years later, after he had spent 14 years in prison in Irons, when he was raised up by God to be prime minister in Egypt, I don't know if you've read the story about Joseph, the boy that had the coat of many colors. When he was reunited with his family and and his brothers that actually sold him down to Egypt and caused him going to go through all that he said he said to them don't be too hard on yourself God didn't God meant, you meant it for evil to me but God meant it for good when you go through trials in your life God means it for good he will use it some of the trials we go through in life are not nice at all believe me we could do without them or could we? You know, God wants to grow us. Sometimes we have loved ones torn away from us. We have big rips in our hearts. And God helps us to understand what others go through. And then be able to reach out and sympathize with others. Some people go through long periods and years of sickness and ill health. And then God can still use that. He is in control. If only we can trust Him fully. So... God was in control of David. You are not co- called to control the universe, number two. Number three, we are not to control other people. We're not even called to control our children as such, although we do at times need to c- have some perimeters and some boundaries and some measures of control. But we need to hold them very, very loosely because like one lawyer came along and said that Jesus mm-hmm. "Were." When he was tempting him, do you think we should be paying our taxes to Caesar? And he's trying to trip up Jesus and this. And he said, well, you show me a coin. Where's the coin? And he said, well, whose image is on that coin? And he said, Caesar's. Well, he says, you give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. But then he said, you give to God the things that are God. And whose image is on our children? Who who gave us the children? God did. He made man in his image. They belong to him. They've been borrowed, loaned to us. We're privileged to bring them up and raise them up. Hold them with a light lightly. We must not control them. They want love, understanding. The reason why we try to control our children sometimes is because we're out of control ourselves. And sometimes we just need to take a step back just to listen just to find out what's at the root of their anxiety, their fears, what's causing them stress, and just realize that God is in control. You know, I've been quite controlling sometimes, especially further back in my life with, with uh, the older children when they were younger, quite authoritarian. But I had to realize that if you control big, you will get real small. You'll become a small person if you really try to control your children. If you're yelling at your children, if you're getting out of control and you're stressing out, you'll you'll become very small. If If you're a big controller, you'll become a small person. But if you control big you, you'll become a big person. It's gone very quiet in here. Sometimes we try to control the little ones. But if we control big you, you'll become a big person, not a small person. So how do we control ourselves? Just by realizing that God is in control of the universe. And all he asks us to do is control ourselves. If we try to control the universe, we will lose control of ourselves. I hope you've written that down. It'll be good to get it in your memory this morning. So, just in closing, I want to um, bring us back to Jesus. Jesus said these words He said, I do always the things that please my Father. And how did he, what pleases the Father? If we look at Galatians chapter 5 and we look at verse 22, we see the fruit of the Spirit. What pleases the Father? It says there in Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit of God, that is, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, when it says against such there is no law. You're free. You're not under law anymore. You're under grace. If you're walking in the Spirit, if you're trusting in God, if you're recognising that God is in control of the universe, and this is how Jesus did, did life. He recognised that His heavenly Father was in control of the universe. So what pleases the Father? A person who loves. A person who loves, brings love into their marriage, brings love into their family. A person who has joy. A happy person. That's what pleases the Father. A happy person. Jesus was a real happy person. He just hung around with His mates, the disciples. He had a, he had, had good whānau around him. He chilled out. chillaxed. he was really good at chillaxing. He um he he was right into this joy thing. You know, even even his first miracle, he decided to make I don't know, it was like 244 gallon drums of wine or something. It was huge. Cuz he just loved joy. Yeah, peace. When the disciples were around him, there was incredible peace. Love, joy and peace. That pleases the Father. Peace in our lives, not turmoil, anxiety, and fear. Peace pleases our Father. Long suffering. Just, Just taking it. Don't worry about what people say about you or think about your preaching. Just take it. Take correction, instruction. Just take it. Adjustment. Just take it. Long suffering. Kindness. Jesus was a kind person. He he was so extreme, he just fed 5,000 people, gave him a free lunch one day. 5,000. He did that more than once. There were others. 4,000 men another time. He was full of goodness, he was faithful, he was gentle. He was very self-controlled. Those are the things that please the Father and that comes from the God that controls the universe, His Wairuatapu, His Holy Spirit that lives in us. And if we're led by His Spirit and we submit ourselves under the mighty hand of God, well, then we'll be a person like that. So let's say this all together. God is in control of the universe. God is in of the universe. All He asks us to do is control ourselves. Most people try to control the universe and lose control of themselves. Awesome. Now, just I want to just have a time of ministry this morning where the leaders, some of the leaders, Ruth and Ian and Sophia and Reuben and Glenis, maybe can be up the front here myself, And if you are controlled by anxiety or fear, or there's been things like, I don't mean just control, but if there's something that's causing you anxiety or fear. You know, the Bible tells us to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Jesus was there. You know, we can cast all our care upon the Lord. And He's in us. And we can serve one another. So I want to just open up the floor just as the band start to play. And if you have been going through anxiety, if you've been going through ill health, if you've been going through depression, maybe anger at times, whatever it is that you need prayer for, don't be shy. Come on up. We want to pray for one another because we've all struggled with this sort of thing. And we want to build you up in your most holy faith. We want to stand beside you because we love you, because we're far no, And we want to pray for you and encourage you. So if that's you this morning, I want to invite you forward. Maybe in the workplace, there's things happening that you don't like. Maybe Maybe in your marriage you need prayer. Maybe with your friends at school. Maybe maybe it's your children that you just seem to be struggling with and you just want to learn just how to be a, a better father or a better mother. We can stand with you this morning and we can pray with you. Maybe it's that you've never met the Lord Jesus Christ this morning and you can come forward and if you just tell one of those that are here to pray with you, that you want to know Jesus as Lord and you want to hand over the control of your life to Him and you want to receive Him as your Lord and Saviour, you can do that this morning. I want to welcome you forward now as the band plays. Let's stand up. Let's all stand up. I just ask the leaders to come forward and anyone who wants prayer, we just want to stand with you. We want to offer you, build you up in your most holy faith. Come on forward and we'll just pray with you. Thank you, Father. Mighty God.
1: Glory. Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Lord the Lord has just given me two two visions just now as I've been listening to Paul's message. Two visions and I just wanna I just wanna take this opportunity to put this out here. The Lord's telling me there's someone here, there's someone here that that is holding on to a precipice right now and their knuckles are white. They are holding on to this precipice and it could be the edge of a pool, it could be the edge of a cliff, I don't know what it is, but they are holding on to something so tight for fear of letting go because they don't know what's going to happen. And I'm telling you, if you came here this morning and that's you and your knuckles are white and you're holding on to something this morning, God is telling you right now, you need to come forward. You need to come forward and you need to give it to Him. All right, He's just given me that so clearly this morning. So I just encourage you, if that's on your heart, if that's speaking to you right now, I just really want to encourage you to walk forward right now and come. In. It might even be someone already here. Just let us know. And you want to hand this over to Jesus right now in this moment. This is the opportunity. And the other, the other image he's given me is one of those, you know, those fairground whack-a-mole games. I feel like someone is trying to hold all the moles down at once and they don't have enough arms you don't have enough arms you've got so many things it might be so many bills it might be so many relationships falling apart and as soon as you get one under control the other one's springing up over here and you don't have enough arms to hold it down the Lord's telling me he is the arm that you need to hold all of them down because it's not your job to worry about it so if this is speaking to you I encourage you right now to speak up come forward, release this to him right now, just as the band ministers to us, we're here to pray with you. So I encourage you now, if either of those things spoke to you, move forward now, just as we worship together, and we will pray with you.